I'm worried, Ray. It's getting crowded in there, and all my recent data points to something big on the horizon. What do you mean, the big? Well, let's say this Twinkie represents the normal amount of psychokinetic energy in the New York area. According to this morning's sample, it would be a Twinkie 35 feet long, weighing approximately 600 pounds. <coughs> That's a big Twinkie. Hello, welcome back to the Movie Mouthfuls podcast, a movie podcast with zero table manners. It's been a while, but in case you forgot, each episode we'll be talking into movies and maybe someday the odd television show to chow down on some of the most iconic cinematic cuisine scenes in cinema history. And let's be honest, sometimes we even just use the mere semblance of any form of food or drink to talk about some of the less iconic cinematic cuisine scenes in cinema history, or as we like to call it, an excuse to talk about whatever bit of entertainment media we want because it's our podcast. Unfortunately for you, even after a mini hiatus, I am indeed still your host, Jordan, aka the bloke, trying to be known as the film fella on Line, and I'm of course joined by the UK's number one competitive eater, the only guy you're ever going to call when you've a slimy green ghost eating up your hot dog stand. It's my co-host, Bean Meets Food. Good lord, I don't have any <laughs> eardrums left. I just, I don't, I'm just going. You're going to have to sign the rest of this on on Zoom so I can understand what you're saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, we should point out before we do any of the pleasantries or anything. We are currently doing this on Zoom. We will explain all in a second. But how the devil you are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. I was going to say people could probably tell by the reduced, what I imagine will be reduced audio quality, but it, I'm afraid it's a necessity for at least the uh, the immediate time being. But yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Yeah, I I kind of forgot how to do all this and forgot what you look like. And well, I didn't because I watch your YouTube videos. But let's pretend I did forget what you look like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm all good. I'm all good. I'm COVID free. It's been you know, I gave it a good wide berth for three months before we did it again, just to make sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I, I've got like an immune system of steel, so I, I've. Not, I don't know anyone that's not had it at this point, really. And I'm, <laughs> I, I, still, I still haven't had it. So. Yeah, well, I, I didn't think it would be wise for me to be trapped in a room with you in a very small, confined space when I had COVID. Even though it, I was fine, like I felt absolutely fine. But yes, so the reason we never came back for our, um, I guess, uh, ill-timed <laughs> Christmas episode. We were going to do Elf, weren't we, originally? That was episode 21. We had it all planned out. We'd, I'd watched it, it got all his notes ready, everything ready, and then I, I caught the uh, the big lurgy, and uh, yeah, we, we just took some time off, and then and then you went jet-setting across the old US of A. So... Also sold the, uh, so, sold the studio, so that's why we're doing this remotely right now. Um, yes, we, we were homeless. So for... you, can bl- <laughs> you can blame me for that part. Yeah, we're uh, well, we're sort of temporarily homeless. I did mention on the update that I put out the other month, saying that we were coming back now. Um, that your pal Josh on your uh, you know the, you know the small tiny podcast that you do that's obviously My not, other, in, not as successful as this one, su- <laughs> the, the infinite, infinitely more successful one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, we I, we get. I mean, we can probably use that studio at some point in the not too distant future. So yes, yeah, so we're not have to chuck it. Took him a quid or two, you know. We're not completely homeless and we're not sat out on the street and, you know, we, we are able to record this at home. But yeah, we do apologise if you're any bangs, clatters, uh, if I've got one very, very needy cat who will probably come in at some point. Um, so if you hear anything in the background, we do apologise. Um, you know, we don't pretend that we're professionals, do we really? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> if you've got this far listening to us already, if you have indeed come back, I hope. I hope people have come back. Please come back. 
Somebody tweeted me the other day saying, "Dude, when's when's the what happened to this podcast? When's it coming back?" And I'm like, "Oh shit! Well, at least one person cares, and they're not related to me, so that's good." <laughs> we do have a small and uh, very defined uh, fan base who are very desperate for us to come back. So that was nice. Um, as of which, um, you know. I will mention that this episode, you'd be like, why are we doing this particular film at this particular time of year? We do have some very lovely uh, Patreon subscribers who um, Scott actually recommended this one. So Scott Thornton um, was the guy that suggested this. He did originally want us to do the trilogy. And when I put that to beard, I do apologize, Scott, but he he refused. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to take possibly for shit can in that. I, I've not even watched the, I'm going to do this whole episode basically from memory because I've not rewatched it. Yeah, I haven't had time on today. I've been like the last three days. I've been like uh, a hairy fly. They say that about flies, don't they? Flies are busy. So yeah, I mean, just I've been buzzing around. You just said stuff. it. <laughs> I've never heard it, but uh, yeah. So basically, um, yeah, you're you're just winging it. But you must have seen this film a dozen times. Oh yeah, times. I mean, I'm well. I don't 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 panic. I'm willing. It's not like I'm gonna come to. <laughs> seen it I've got, who the fuck hasn't seen ghostbusters right so i'm i'm, I'm reasonably f- familiar with there might be some small like, specific plot elements that i can't quite remember but with the vast majority of the framework i understand i know most of the actors and all that shit fuck did you just hear that i got an, a reminder on my computer nope didn't come through <laughs> that's a relief it says here um by mrs beard gal no i'm joking it doesn't say that uh, <laughs> It's a reminder for something about paying tax, which is a good reminder. Anyway, sorry, go on. That's, that's a good reminder. Yeah, no, um, do your tax bill, uh, tax bills, folks, you know, yeah. sort your tax out. <laughs> Don't forget about that. Um, we normally, I, I think, I say normally, it's been like, by the time people listen to the, to this, it'll be about four months since the last episode came out. But we You used... could have had half a baby <laughs> in that time. <laughs> a whole half a baby. Um, yeah. We used to go through like what we've watched and just what we've been up to, but we, this would literally take up the entire podcast if we, we just. Yeah, spent... but we could do like that last. <laughs> we could do the last week. Like I've I've actually watched some decent movies, old ones, but some decent ones. You know, I watched. Um, go on then. I, I watched t- two nights ago. I watched a fucking classic, and if you tell me that you've not seen this, I'm gonna get mad from a oh, distance. So you say it, but <laughs> L.A. Confidential. You remember L.A. Confidential? The the series. Is it no, the film. No, no, I thought it was a series. No, oh no, You've no, not seen LA Confidential? No, I haven't. I'm sorry. Does it have food in it? <laughs> Fuck's sake. No, it doesn't have food. Well, I mean, if it does, it's noticeable. But um, it's not. It's a fantastic, a great uh, movie, almost kind of noir-esque uh, detective story based in LA in the 60s, starring Kevin Spacey, Guy Pearce, a young Russell Crowe. Absolutely fantastic film. I highly suggest that you, you watch it. Yeah, but it's old as fuck. It's it's nearly as old as me. It's, I think it was ninety five that came out. Can I get through it without completely hitting Kevin Spacey? Is that's the big question? Yeah, I mean he plays a pretty unlikable character in it, so it's kind of like Fair. it still works. Like you know, uh, what is it? Art imitating life, all the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's no, it's just a great film. You should, you really should. Well, it's back when they made proper films. You know, it wasn't all like fucking, uh, you know. The, ripping off like comic books and, and all that shit people just wrote screenplays and you know um delivered it and it looks great cause it's shot in the 90s so it's not all rotoscoped and whatever the heck they do now it's you know it just looks great shot great acted well and uh yeah it's good although this you know this episode's not about la confidential <laughs> so <I'm sure. laughs> is that the only one you wanted to chuck in there i'll add it to my list i haven't watched it i'll admit 
Yeah, I didn't. Um, normally, I watch a shit ton of films on the plane, you know, and I just got back from Atlanta yeah. uh, like a week ago. But I didn't. I I I, I read. Uh, I read instead. I read Catcher in the Rye, which is weird. That I've never you're read going that, through you know? some some right book classics, aren't you? <laughs> since you've been going on these planes, uh, what did you? I only did, uh, 1984 I, I, at one point as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, I had I had actually. Read, I mean, I'd read 1984 before, yeah, obviously yeah. being a, a, somewhat of a political dissident, but um, <laughs> I. Uh, I've never. It's weird. I've never read Catcher in the Rye, and it's because it's one of those that, like, I think if you do an like me, I did an English literature degree, right? It's kind of frowned upon because it's an American kind of adolescent novel. Yeah. So the people kind of, but it's always in like t- times, you know, top one hundred books. I thought, fuck, I'll read it. I read like Lightning as well, so I, I, it didn't even take me the full flight uh, on the way out there. But yeah, I didn't watch any. Uh, I'm lying. I did watch a film. I watched one called um, Dirty Liar. Yeah, I know. I just thought I just realized now. <laughs> It's called. It was called Death of a Salesman. Uh, no, Death of a Telly Salesman, um, or something like that. Death of um, like a Salesman. It could be that. Let me. We one one advantage I do have here is I can like just pure real quick. Uh, oh yeah, that, that was it. Death of a Salesman. Death of a Salesman. I feel like I've seen that. Death of a Telemarketer. No, I haven't seen that one. No. It's got um, Jackie Earl Haley in. Who uh, actually, for me, is a fucking legend because he was he played Rorschach in uh, Watchmen, which you yeah. well know is one of my favorite films. I, I do, uh, and, and some other guy. But it was it's a really weird film. But I, I, it was kind of like a uh, kind of a tragic comedy. I would call it maybe. I don't fucking know. But uh, yeah, that was all right. What about you? Let me, me guess. Something, something Marvel related. I've I've got a, a list as long as your arm of the since the last time that we spoke. But we'll we'll not do that. So recently, I watched the Disney Pixar film that's on Disney Plus, the new one, Turning Red. I don't know if you've seen I that advertised anywhere. Sing, sing Two or some shit like that. No, is not that Sing Two. I have not actually watched any of the Sing films. Turning Red is really good because um, it's it's sort of like a more. It's not adult as in adult. It's just more of a grown-up Pixar film. It's about like a girl going through puberty and she turns into a giant red panda. Like, it makes sense if you watch it. It's very clever. I liked it. I watched The Adam Project on Netflix, which is the new Ryan Reynolds, Matt Ruffalo film, the time travel one. Uh, I've not seen it. I saw, I saw it on there the other day, but I thought, nah, I ain't watching that. But it's, um, it's I do okay. like, Matt, I like Matt Ruffalo. It's, yeah? it's okay. As in, like, it's not, terrible it's not great it's just okay in my opinion i thought it was all right and then before that i saw the, saw the batman that would that were the last three films that i saw there's oh, more I, I bet you've been dying, i bet you've been dying to talk about that one how, how was that give me like a, the, a, a score out of 10 the, ba- the batman is quintessentially the best batman film as in as <laughs> in a, a, a batman no as in batman as in what you should be picturing when you think Batman, forgetting Patterson, forgetting all the Nolan films, just just Batman solely as what that character is supposed to be. It is the best film. I've been planning to I do, do a video. I do not believe. I do not believe that any any anyone or any adaptation can supplant the Chris Nolan trilogy of Batman. I fundamentally do not believe it, and will not be proven other, it, otherwise. But. but, but Batman Begins is my number two, and then I'd say The Dark Knight is my number three. If I was going to rank all like the live action What's Batman wrong films, with you, man? No, Batman, no, Batman no. Begins is a a good sort of Year Zero origin story that we hadn't had before those films, and then the Batman is just it, it's really good. You have to watch it, and then you'll either agree or disagree, and I don't care. But, <laughs> 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 but in my opinion, it's it's the best one. I'm sure some people will disagree. But my friends have disagreed. One of my friends walked out of it, so 
Uh, yeah, it can't I, be I, that I, bad. No, Who it's not. That? It's not. You don't know him, but um, yeah, yeah, I was. I was. Um, very tempted to disown him. He might listen to this podcast. So hi, Adam. But uh, not not oh, this Adam. The other Adam. He's called Adam too. <laughs> yeah, it he's must be. Adam it must be an Adam too. thing. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Uh, yeah, but you won't walk anyway. Nah, not after, it's, it's like twelve quid to go to the now. I'd be <laughs> staying there, getting my money's worth. Self limitless card for twelve quid, and then you can go as many times as you want. Hint hint. Plug plug. Odeon. We we need that deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you want to see any of the other things i've watched and what my weird reviews are of them you can go on my letterboxd so if you just go on a letterboxd and search for the film fell you'll find me on there because i just i have a compulsion to to record everything i ever watch not in the cinema because obviously that's illegal i mean like you know right now as a list is letterbox like is that like a social media thing it's film it's, nerds? it's a film social media platform yeah it's very good I enjoy it greatly. Yeah, ne- never heard of it actually, but okay. It's, it, it's very good. It's very good. I pay for the like the the middle ground premium thing, so you can look at at the end of the year. You can look at how many films of a certain actor you've watched, what decade they were from, what year, and it gives you all like different analytics. A bit like you know like the Spotify roundup stuff that you can get. Oh yeah, I just find that really embarrassing. The Spotify wrapped thing really, <laughs> makes, makes me wince. Listening to your own songs that you recorded. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> They're never fucking on there, but there's something embarrassing on there usually. A bit of alphabet or something like that. <laughs> oh dear. Right. On that note, should we should we get into to Ghostbusters, yes. which is what we're here yes. for? <laughs> cool. See, I told you we could end up talking, you know, for a good hour about all the catch-up stuff that we haven't spoken about in three months, four months. Uh, that thing, that thing, sound. It was like to me, like it was being played in a in like a bathtub, like an upturned bathtub. You know, like, can you get into it when a nuclear holocaust eventually happens? Which probably isn't that far away now. But um, I'm sure it sounds clean on the on the edit. I don't know. <laughs> I bloody hope so. And if not, folks, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And if it, if it does sound terrible, hopefully you just stick around and listen anyway until we get through this rough patch of not having a home. <laughs> Once yeah. we've got somewhere to record, uh, hopefully the quality will be much better. And also Josh's studio is, uh, well, it's kid out for that stuff, isn't it? So... Indeed. Yeah. Anyway, Ghostbusters, and I should point out before anyone panics, this is the 1984 Ghostbusters. It's not the remake. We're doing the <laughs> quintessential OG, the the Go- Ghostbusters film. We're not we're not doing good one. We're, we're doing the good one. We're not doing the reboot. And again, before anyone says it, it's not because it's a female leg cast, the new one or anything. It's just shit. It's just bad. I haven't seen it. The new totally one. Is, the new one is just bad. Just avoid it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll watch it for laughs, but it's it's it, it's got no actual laughs in it. It's terrible. It's written very very badly. I don't like it. Awful awful film. But we're talking about the proper Ghostbusters, the 1984 classic. So, do you want to? I think. Look, I keep on having to remember like what we did before. I believe what we did before is you gave a synopsis, which you were always usually very proud of. Shut the fuck up, Jordan. I got this. <laughs> it's over to you. Go on. Right, so Ghostbusters, nineteen, like you said, nineteen eighty-four. For the third time, we've mentioned that year on this podcast, <laughs> just because we mentioned the book earlier. But um, I think, yeah, nineteen eighty-four film uh, made one one year before my birth, um, and it's about uh, three uh, kind of power. What do they call themselves? Um, parad, 
paranormal they're basically paranormal psychologist people right yes um and they, they're kind of essentially booted out of their uh, i think the university digs as well well the u- university tenure uh, because you know people don't really believe what what they're into, and then they set up in an old kind of firehouse, fire station, as we'd call it, uh, uh, Ghost Ghostbusters, uh, which is kind of like a busting ghosts for hire kind of thing, paranormal investigators, and what actually the central theme of the film is that, um, I, if I'm not wrong, Sigourney Weaver's character, I forget what she's called, Dana, Dana something, yes, Dana, yeah. Um, yeah. She is, uh, she, long and short of it, she becomes possessed of uh, some kind of demon uh, which is about to be uh, visited upon New It's New York, right? It is I New York, yeah, correct. Um, of course it is. And um, yeah, uh, it's about them trying to get the upper hand on this demon. And it's not really about that. It's about the hijinks along the way, including a lot of, um, you know, uh, Bill Murray's amazing um i don't know how much of it was improv but um you know it's a lot of him delivering lines yeah delivering his lines and uh just a really cool um i was never really that into it right but i think it's one of those things it's, it's weird because i think sometimes it's considered almost kind of like a kid's film i know yeah. they did a lot of kids merchandise but I'd like if you rewatch it as an adult uh, a lot of the humor is really quite dry, and and uh, obviously you got as you like to say back in the day when we used to do this four months ago. Um, <laughs> you've got they, these guys at the height of their power: Dan Aykroyd, height of his power, Bill Murray, yeah. and uh, I forget the Harold Ramis. Ramis, yeah, Harold Ramis, yeah, 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 and a, and a cool supporting cast. And I always used to fancy what's her name, Janine? Is it Janine? Uh, yeah, so Annie Potts, Annie Potts. Yeah, um, that was a, that's weird because we used to have a bit of a theme of being lecherous about the women in films <laughs> when we used before. Not in a, a creepy way. We just say, "Oh, she was yeah, it's really attractive," and I'm a big fan of her work. Sigourney um, Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, yeah. Sigourney, just Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver, Weaver. Because, <laughs> because she could beat me up as well. That's yeah. I found out a bit of a turn yeah. on. Yeah. Anyway, enough about our, our, our weird kink, kinks. That that's it. Is that a decent summary? Yeah, that was pretty good considering as well that you've not watched this film recently. So obviously it's just been ingrained into you. But I mean, it's Ghostbusters, it. man. It's burnt into you. It's pop culture 101, burnt into my memory. <laughs> um I have no idea if my mic's gonna pick this up or not, but my uh my very needy cat has has arrived. So uh, I do apologize if you hear clattering or meowing or anything at all but yeah he's here you're just gonna leave him there i'm I'm just gonna leave him there yeah no we'll uh yeah if i move him he'll just bang against the door so he's he's like a dog he he loves me like a dog would love a a man if that makes sense okay (laughs) i don't we don't i don't need a soliloquy about how much the cat loves it get on to like a few talking points come on you you you, right take control right let's talk ghostbusters so the tag of of many tags the tag that i chose because it's the one that was on the original poster is they're here to save the world um it's very ambiguous i guess but that is also what they do so yeah it's not a catchy one, is it? I feel like that was maybe they, they just didn't have any real alternatives, and so maybe they gave that to like a, a I don't know, like a marketing, um, what's the like intern? A, a, yeah, an intern or something like that. <laughs> so what did they do in now. the film? Oh, well, they saved the world from ghosts. All right, <laughs> they're here to save the world. <laughs> I feel like there's they could there's a pun there you could use on like busters or you know there's plenty of gags you can do about ghosts. Maybe yeah. they just wanted to be a, be a little bit more serious with it. I, I don't know. I don't know whether the second film or if in 
like subsequent posters it had the who you're going to call thing and stuff but like yeah the the main sort of tag on the original poster was that i thought it was a bit shit that's kind of why i've included it just to see what your your take was <laughs> on that one um it was yeah, directed poor, by poor. it was directed by ivan reitman or ritman depending on how you want to go about pronouncing his surname i've probably got it wrong and i do apologize um, to me that's reitman reitman well he did uh he, he did funnily enough he did ghostbusters 2 <laughs> uh your one of your favorites kindergarten cop i believe sick yeah no I, I know you're a big fan i don't know if you're a big fan of twins but obviously you're a big fan of arnold so he did twins L- less well. of a fan of twins but like twins is still good i didn't realize he did this but he did my super ex-girlfriend and also um you know the film evolution yeah, that one I didn't like Evolution, but I think my super ex girlfriend that's one with Uma Thurman, right? And uh L- Luke Wilson. That sounds right. It's yeah, it's I'm it's right. I know shut yeah. the fuck up. I'm right. You're <laughs> supposed to be the film fella and you're still not the hey, film fella. Um that's I'm, actually I'm quite just, good. I'm just so I was just gonna say, you know, I I don't know everything, and I think that sometimes it just shows that I'm like every normal man. <laughs> I can't remember everything on this podcast. Every normal man who refers to his cat as like as a creature like a dog, but not a dog. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> it's the love of a dog. All right. Anyway, go on. It, that, that film's actually all right. It's, on the surface, it sounds terrible, my super ex-girlfriend, but yeah. it's actually it's quite, it's quite funny in parts. No, I enjoyed that film. Um, Ivan himself passed away in 2022. I don't know if he was part of being like, you know, like a producer or something on Ghostbusters Afterlife, but his son, Jason, was the guy that directed Ghostbusters Afterlife. So I don't know if anyone knew that or, or not, but I just thought I'd chuck it in there. So basically, Ghostbusters 3 was directed by his son. Um, I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen it. I didn't, it should I see it? Is it good? It's 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 okay. It's uh, okay. It's okay. It does it does answer a lot of issues I had with this film because I haven't seen this film for a while and I watched it and I was like, but why does it? Why does this happen at this particular point and why is it going on? Obviously, back then it doesn't really matter. Like people just, you know, it's an action film or whatever. Whereas these days, everything's got to have like a reason or an answer. This film kind of just dives straight into it. Like one of my questions was like why are ghosts just suddenly appearing at this one particular point and why is it that no one's seen them before properly until now and now everyone believes these three random guys like there's a lot of questions but then the, this new film the third film actually explains all about the origin of the you know the big skyscraper building that's got the 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 monolith so, at the top and everything there's there's a whole connection to it so, so but that, i think that explains that in the first to be fair but it's, it's it does a little build, bit build, build, building that was made to kind of channel ghosts and shit like that yes but um it goes I, I actually, it doubles I, down I, I remember the one thing i remember most about ghostbusters is, is actually the second one you know the um the the uh portrait of vigo the carpathian yes because yes. you can buy like a really, really good version of that. That uh, <laughs> I used to be able to get it on like Firebox or something, like one of those weird gadget websites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it cost like six grand because it was that like big and that detailed, <laughs> and the eyes follow you around yeah, the room. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. <laughs> yeah I anyway. can imagine that that's going to be a purchase of yours at some point. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't in your loo at the I, old I don't, place. <laughs> I don't have that. I'm not that. Look, I'm not spending six grand on it. <laughs> those all, all those things I had down there were like thirty quid max. <laughs> Oh, um, I'm trying to think anyone you didn't mention cast-wise. So you got Bill Murray as uh, Dr. Peter Venkman. you got Dan Aykroyd as Dr. Raymond Stantz. you got Harold Ramis as Dr. Egon Spengler, who's a favourite of mine in this. 
Um, Sigourney Weaver, we've already mentioned. Rick Moranis is the guy that you missed out. Um, he's the neighbour, Louis Tully. Hey, hang, hang about, hang about. I didn't miss anyone out because you didn't tell me to name the cast. But yeah, I would have <laughs> named Rick Moranis because the first five letters of his surname are the same as the only five letters in my surname. There you go. Interesting stat for you. Uh, my surname is not Beard, by the way, if anyone's uninitiated. <laughs> Um, and obviously you got as well, uh, fucking his second name's Atherton, forgotten his first name. The dude that uh, is, yeah, 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 probably. I don't know, but I know his surname's Atherton, but he, uh, he famously plays the, uh, the scumball slimeball, uh, news guy in the Die Hard movies. Correct. Yep, that's that was one I was going to point out, and then the only other one we've missed out of the uh, the Ghostbusters themselves is Ernie Hudson, um, Winston Zeddemore, who was in The Crow, which is an excellent film. Was he? I've, I've <laughs> yeah. never seen The Crow. That's what? bizarre, right? I, I need yeah, to, yeah, I need to check. It. Unless someone wants to do it for us and tweet us after this episode's come out, we need to double check and see if there's any food scenes in The Crow because that is an excellent, excellent film. One that I would... you could probably eat. <laughs> you could probably eat crow if you had to, you know. What, animal, eat, eat a crow you want us to i don't mean brandon <laughs> lee i mean that's an animal the crow you know yeah we can't he died on that, didn't he? he did die didn't on he? that by accident yeah yeah it was like a. it had a um it's probably suits i'm not joking about it i am kind of joking about it it's probably a bit soon but he had the uh alec baldwin moment didn't he Somebody blasted him with a blank. Yes, yeah, which shocks me that the Alec Baldwin thing was even a thing and that Hollywood still persists to do what they do in that sense. Because I, I just I don't understand how they've uh, not got past that. since This happened in like 1994, was it? The Crow or whatever. And yet there's still problems now. It's, it's mental. I don't, I, I don't get it. I think, it. John, one film that shows you how good... Because I'm not a big fan of CGI per se like unless it's really well done and normally with like you know if you watch like a shit kind of straight to netflix film you can tell like the muzzle flashes and stuff are, are all like naff cgi but yeah films like john wick show you that if you get a good like uh production house you can do like cgi guns quite well and it feels to me like if you can avoid using blanks which can still kill people yeah, yeah. you know short range maybe best to do it you know <laughs> yeah no um, i mean us as brits who you know guns guns are legal here and, and whatnot we won't go into all that but uh yeah it's uh one of those things that when i read that about baldwin i was you know i fought back to the crow and i was just like why is this still a thing um we, we lost we lost potentially like he could have been one of the big action stars of like the you know the 90s 2000 you know like your Keanu now, been, yeah. yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Anyway, we're, we're not talking about the crow, but maybe one day we will. Um, I also didn't know if you knew that Annie Potts, who you fancy, who plays Janine, she was the voice of Bo Peep in Toy Story. I didn't know this. Hang about, like, I, I, what I meant, like when I said that, I find her. <laughs> yeah, I find her attractive as Janine. Like it's a bit like uh, you don't when fancy I said I, you don't you don't fancy Bo Peep. <laughs> no, no. I, I like when I said to you that I, I found Gamora quite attractive from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. But she'd have to be green. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not the, the the actress. I'm sure is very attractive. But I just mean like it's something about the the, the green alien. I think I don't know. So this, wow. Uh, to- go, go, well, we're going off. We're going off on one here. So we'll. Uh, I guess it's been a little while, hasn't it? But we should probably play your favorite game. <gasps> I'd totally forgotten about that. <laughs> yeah, are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm a the, bit rusty, but yeah, the, hit, hit me with the the thing. Yeah, the delightful theme by our good pal, Hi Honey. Here we go. Fucking hell, take your, 
It takes your face off that shit. <laughs> yeah, um, we, we've we've got no idea. If Adam keeps mentioning that it's too loud, as we've mentioned before, because we're doing it on Zoom and recording it on a separate thing, the levels are all over the place. So something will be perfect and the rest of it will be too loud for Adam. So he's probably going to end up with no eardrums by the end of this. I, I do apologise. Uh, but yeah, that was the uh, the budget and box yeah, the budget and box office theme by our good pal Hi Honey. So what do you reckon the budget was for this film? Bear in mind you haven't seen it for a while, but you must have a rough idea. 1984. I'd, you know what? I've got, I've honestly got, it's so hard to say because of the like you know to calculate for inflation and whatnot. I think it was kind of like it wasn't really that. The effects are so shit. I can't imagine them even being expensive. Even for back then, they were pretty bad. Yeah, I did notice just if this helps that um, there's only about four ghosts in this entire film. Five Slime maybe. Is probably a bit, Slime is probably a big expense though. Mm. Fifty mil. Fifty mil. I'm gonna say. Oof. Do you want to do one at a time, or do you want to do you want the answer first and then do your? G- give me that. No, give me the answer at that first, because then I can off that. I will calculate what right. I think the so box office is. An estimated budget of thirty million dollars. Uh, that's quite a ways out there. I was I was hitting form like before we stopped. I was you getting are. them quite close. Getting rusty but, now. Uh, that's quite cheap then. I mean, like even for mm. the, the time, that's pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, don't know, know what it would be oh, yeah. under inflation and stuff, but you know. Yeah, it's still pretty. I mean, because we've done some from like the, uh, the 90s, what we did Jurassic. I know it's not the same, it's 10 years later, but Jurassic Park and whatnot. And I got the, I think I got the budget pretty close on that one. But anyway, uh, box office, I, I know this was like a fucking smash hit. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to say like, if it's 39, I think like. It's getting his abacus out. I, I want to say something like, something daft, like 400 mil or something, or 500. I'm going to say 500 million. Oh, I'm sorry, mate. It's um, it, it's still huge, obviously for the time, but two hundred and ninety six point five million dollars estimated. I went, the, I went a bit high there. I was, I was thinking about all the toys. They probably don't count, do they? But um, no, no, not for the box. Of, I mean, it it smashed it. Thirty million dollars to make that much back in the eighties is yeah. It's a surprise, Big. really. They only did the second one like towards the end of the eighties, and then took them forever to even get round to doing any semblance of a third film like it's, it's mental as a franchise it was a bit more of a i think it was a bit more of a golden era though back then when i mm. think probably people were a bit protective of it and thought maybe let's not make nine sequels like yeah, yeah. Few shit, you know <laughs> although that was the era of police academy where they made like 11 sequels so maybe i'll just shut the fuck up yeah that's that's true um right i guess uh now we should probably do facts I don't know if you've yeah, missed. Okay. I don't know if you've missed facts. <laughs> yeah, don't sound too excited. Oh, so, yeah, oh, so, yeah, so Jeez. bad. I miss, I miss these so much. <laughs> Four months of being unable to do anything else but wait for me to tell you some random, probably potentially shitty facts about Ghostbusters, of which probably some of them you already knew as well. I've tried in this one because normally I go off on a tangent, talk about loads of random shit, and sometimes it's really interesting, sometimes it isn't. This is all mostly of a food relation or of a food relation to the film. I just scraped everything I could to do with the food. All right. Okay, cool. I'm ready for it. Okay. So the ectoplasm was made from, and I'm going to really do badly at this, is uh, mephcellulose ether, which is a Chinese food starch and a thickening agent used in processed foods. So... That's a pretty good one. Pretty good stat. The ectoplasm. um, In... 
Oh well, is a is a full. Do you want a description of what ectoplasm is, or shall we move on? <laughs> no, well, let's move on from that. <laughs> um, in the scene, which Egon expresses his concern about the containment unit getting overcrowded and uses a Twinkie to demonstrate to Ray and Winston about the psychokinetic energy in the storybook of the movie, it's not a Twinkie but a chocolate roll instead, which would have been much better for us Brits because we we can't seem to get hold of Twinkies full of no money. Yeah, he's easy to get a chocolate roll. I, I think it's a bit of a weird analogy anyway that he chooses a Twinkie. Like, it's, I mean, it's, to, it's, would... it's odd. I mean, it's, it's a classic line and a, a classic maybe, maybe Twinkies, scene. But... Hostess probably paid him a shoehorn that in. Possibly. I, I mean, the Coca-Cola placement in the fridge and the Perrier water that's also in a fridge is very, it's very like every bottle is twisted perfectly but... round. Not to mention the giant staple of the marshmallow one. <laughs> well, that's not a real brand, is it? Isn't it? I thought no. it was real. No, no, I don't oh, think so. But that's that's part of the facts, and they're coming soon. They've got their own okay. little thing or big thing. Um, we'll we'll get to it. So after Harold Ramis died in on, on February twenty fourth, twenty fourteen, R.I.P. Fans of the movie paid tribute to him by visiting the New York City firehouse used in the exterior shots and created a makeshift memorial featuring Nestle's Crunch Bars in reference to Venkman's giving Spengler a candy bar, Twinkies in reference to the Spengler using Twinkies to describe the ghost problem in New York City, and collections of spores, moulds and funguses because he, he tells uh, Janine that that's one of the things he collects. So that's, that's nice, apart from the spores, moulds and fungus. you got all these piles of food and then outside a fire, you know, an old fire station and then loads of mould and spores. But there, the sentiment's nice. Yeah, I, I suppose so. <laughs> yeah, um, I just thought it was a bit of a weird fact. I don't know. How would you rate those three? If you were going to rate them, I don't know. Any good... Did, did, Interesting. They're better than I better than I remembered. Yeah, better than when at the time when you started naming fucking every dinosaur in the Jurassic Park fucking universe. That was pretty bad. <laughs> but they were real dinosaurs. But any, anyway, anyway, look, don't don't distract me with dinosaurs because you know what happened. I've decided because um, unfortunately um, I couldn't find any Twinkies. So Scott on Patreon did mention mention and message me and gone this is your second chance to get some twinkies after zombie land you get some, get yourself some twinkies i went today to uh the the local tesco where i've seen boxes of twinkies every time i've been in there went in today and the two things that i wanted which were giant marshmallows like american style marshmallows and twinkies were the only things on the american aisle that weren't in stock so i do apologize scott and at some point we will find a film that's got twinkies in and we will have the Twinkies, or we will do a Twinkie off dedicated episode where we decide which Twinkie scene is better. Maybe we'll, we'll do something weird like that. I know we mentioned like a food off type thing. Uh, you know, film Brexit, foods. mate. Bre- that's what it is. Brexit. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Man, I want those Twinkies. <laughs> Apparently so. Like really, really popular, even though they're extortionately expensive in this country. But they're anyway, fucking awful as well. They yeah, are terrible. They're, they're also not great. We, we've had this conversation before. I was not a fan when I first had one, but I was willing to make the sacrifice for you, Scott, because you are one of our dedicated Patreon fans, but I'm sorry I couldn't get them. But what I did do, and what I'm going to do right now as part of our new factoid section, Marshmallow Facts, is I'm going to eat marshmallows for every fact that I say and keep them in my mouth 
like the game that people play on the internet that some people may have seen called Chubby Bunny. Now, this is potentially going to be really disgusting for, for Adam and, and for me. But, oh, um, I can see you. I can it, see your it, face, it, man. It can see my face. Well, at least we're not inside in the same room because I'd be like drooling all over the place and stuff. No, no, but wait a second. If, if we're in the same... You know, marshmallows are one of the greatest choking foods for the, great, the greatest risk. Statistically, most people... It's one of the foods that most people choke on. So, like, is Abby there or is somebody there? I mean, you can't going to save you. I've got some tissue. I'll just, I'll just spit them out. Oh, or I'll okay. just I'll just try and swallow them. Or if I die, this could be like uh, you know you could do an in memoriam. You could carry on the podcast and carry the flame for me, and you know I'll screen cap it. I'll screen cap it. Like, <laughs> man, man, man dies on on podcast eating marshmallows. <laughs> so um, I've got a selection um, of marshmallow related facts specifically from this film. Um, obviously, you guys can't see this. I don't think we're going to release this very grainy footage, but I've got a, a bag of marshmallows just showing Adam that I'm not lying. There is actually a bag of marshmallows there. Um, they look so, absolutely booted as well. Could you not show that and got the finest ones? These, were, like the, these, these were the best Tesco marshmallows. Oh, I mean, this is a, a, an indictment to, to Tesco's that they haven't got good marshmallows but you know these these are all they've got so that's that's my first marshmallow i don't know what you, what yeah. you think you should do fact first and then marshmallow or marshmallow in the mouth and then fact that, that probably makes more sense For, right former would probably be more practical because people are more likely to hear you yeah okay right we'll at least, start. Get, the, at least get the first fact <laughs> out so this this actually leads into what you were saying before about the stay puffed marshmallow man and whether or not it was actually a brand. Now, based on this fact, I don't think it's real, and I have not bothered to research whether it's a real brand or not. So, if it no, is, if it is, you I can come tweet us. You just looked right. So, Dan Aykroyd described the Mister Stay Puffed as a cross between the Michelin Man, um, which makes sense because my partner last night thought it was the Michelin Man, and I was like, "No, it's a giant marshmallow man." Get it right. <laughs> and the Pillsbury Doughboy. Um, he wanted to create a fictional brand mascot that everyone would have grown up with. So in their New York universe in 1984, that was uh, someone that everyone will have grown up with. And on that note, I'm going to stick this this very delightful looking marshmallow in my mouth and read the next fact. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sexy. Here we go. Yeah, no, I like a chipmunk. It's great. The Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man scene is in the final film exactly as it was written in Dan Aykroyd's original treatment, Ivan Reitman was frightened at the step. Sorry, was frightened at the step audience had to take into how believable the creature was going to be. This was his biggest concern at that first screening at the Columbia Studios. At that time, they only had the shot of the Marshmallow Man, the one between the building of the monster's head. It was enough to make the audience go crazy with laughter. So they they decided it was a good thing. While filming the final scene, the ending was completely worked out. Reitman recollects the crossing the streams idea had come up elsewhere in the screenplay prior to this, but using that to kill the Marshmallow Man came through working out the scene on set. So let's talk about this Marshmallow, says Reitman, before explaining it was actually shaving cream. So, I mean, if it wasn't obvious at the end when it explodes, it is obviously shaving cream, which I've got a cool shaving cream fact coming up. Now, this I is very long. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't like shaving cream on this this podcast anyway, do we? We both weird. True. Um, I'm just trying to see if there's anything else worthwhile in this giant, giant paragraph that I've just copied and pasted into my notes. Um, evidently, menthol shaving cream was used, resulting in at least one case of someone having an allergic reaction to it. <laughs> oh man! 
Uh, Reitman states that people had more of a problem with the limited amount of marshmallow on Bill Murray than they had with the fact that the Ghostbusters survived or the Marshmallow Man in the first place. Of course, the idea of Venkman being covered much less than the other Ghostbusters was Murray's idea. On the opposite end, Aykroyd loved the shaving cream and kept asking for more to be applied to him. That's fact oh, yeah, number that's two. A a, that, that's an odd kink. You have a to get another kink. fucking marshmallow in your, in your mouth, and don't you? But yeah, I'm going to have to put another marshmallow in my mouth. I'm going to stick this side so I look like I've been to a dentist now. No, I think you, well, I was going to say, now you look like uh, you know, Don Corleone when... <laughs> when uh, what's his name? I, man, I've forgotten the actor's name. Um... Oh man, uh, this just totally escaped me. It's okay. We're What's... we're not superhuman. We we forget what? things. No, it's Marlon Brando. For God's sake, he <laughs> um he put two cotton warbles in me in his mouth. I don't know where it, where it came up with that, but you like, yeah, you just look like that now. <laughs> I can't do the accent, so I'm not doing it. Um, the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. <laughs> I'm laughing at myself here. The Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man was originally supposed to come up out of the water right next to the Statue of Liberty, but the scene was too hard to shoot. Makes sense, I guess, for that time period, 1980s, probably a bit too difficult. Yeah, I'm surprised that that whole, they just didn't can it and make it something else, you know? I mean, that seems like it's just needlessly impractical anyway. Well, there you go, you'll find out why they used him. So, the original story took place... Oh, hang on, sorry, I didn't, I'm failing at my own rule. Another marshmallow, oh, this is going to be awful. The original story <laughs> took place years in the future and featured several groups of Ghostbusters. <laughs> Don't make me laugh, I might die. <laughs> the Marshmallow Man appeared on page 20. <laughs> no, it doesn't let you borderline about to choke. I'm just going to settle myself. The Marshmallow Man appeared on page 20 as one of several large-scale monsters. Reitman says if they had made the film as it was written, it would have cost about $300 million. It was Reitman's idea to focus on one group of Ghostbusters, a group who worked out of a station like firemen. It was Reitman and Raimi's idea to show how the Ghostbusters got started rather than starting the film after the profession had been established. Lad, you need get rid of those marshmallows. you just got, like, gross white liquid dripping out your mouth now. <laughs> okay, okay. Just throw them up, you fucking... You cat'll eat them. That'll kill him. <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> good, good point. <laughs> right, okay, right. Um, so, I, what do we what do we manage to get to four? So, um, the choking hazard on the podcast has got to four of whatever item we end up doing at some point in the future um yeah we'll do four because uh yeah i don't want to die um so in in regards to your shaving cream thing that you mentioned earlier i mentioned earlier and you was like in 2010 actor william atherton who's the diehard bloke as you mentioned recalled to the av club that the shaving cream that was used for the melted marshmallow was still quite heavy and we had an 8th grade science test. I went under the bag and asked, how much shaving cream is in there? And they said, not that much. So I said, well, how how much does it weigh? It's about £75, but it's shaving cream. To which he replied, you know the whole thing about £75 of feathers and £75 of lead? So obviously, yeah, they, they just crushed William Afton with seventy-five pounds of shaving cream, or I think the by the looks of it, they crushed 
one of the stunt guys and then he was like, yeah, no, fuck that. I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not having 75 pounds of shaving cream put on me. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a lot of, that's, that's some poundage. Potentially, like half a meal almost. probably take that much to get rid of your beard, right? What's oh shaving? Yeah, I don't, I don't, sh- sh- shaving foam wouldn't cut it. We'd need like Edward Scissorhands or something. <laughs> um, I am seeing whether there is anything else worth discussing here in the marshmallow factoid section of this podcast, and it there isn't, there isn't, there's no more. The other facts we will save for when we get to some of the food scenes. So yes, I will relinquish and stop. I will stop boring you because I could see you yawning. Thank God. You were only interested when I was nearly about to die from marshmallow-induced choking. Yeah, there's, there's no threat. There's no threat anymore, no danger. Um, is there anything that you can remember about this film that you want to talk about specifically before we go to food? Um, no, not really. I, I quite like Slimer's vibe. He just seems like a cool dude. <laughs> that's, about, that's about it. You know, he's gooey, he goes around to eating shit all day long. Funnily that's enough, funnily enough, I'm pretty certain that Slimer, I don't know where these. Oh yeah, so based on based on Slimer, might as well. This was one of the facts I was going to mention in the Slimer bit. But you liked Slimer, so we'll talk about it on the set. Dan Aykroyd referred to Slimer as the ghost of John Belushi. It was a homage to their lost brother in arms who had succumbed to drug use before he could star in the blockbuster, which is why his part was um, Bill Murray's part was originally written for Belushi, and then Murray came in and took over. Um, and it was because Slimer's gluttonous eating was based on Belushi's cafeteria scene in National Lampoon's Animal House. He's just a party guy looking to have a good time, says Ivan Reitman. So literally what you've just said, Slimer just wants to have a good time. Just wants to eat shit and, and break shit, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, in spectral form. Yeah, where well, there's no real consequences for him, <laughs> just the environment. Um, I do like some of the stupid lines in this film. As I was going through watching it, you've got like the um, when they're basically talking to Egon about him drilling a hole in his head, and he replies with, "That would have worked if you hadn't have stopped me." Which apparently a lot of these lines, like you mentioned up top, right at the beginning of this episode, they they are all ad libbed. Like most of Bill Murray's lines are all just made up on the spot. Egon's lines, you know, there wasn't really much that was committed to script for what they were throwing out, uh, which is slightly worrying because a lot of Murray's lines you probably wouldn't have got away with these days. I did message you last night when I was watching this, and I was like, this would not have aged very well if they'd have tried to... Yeah. Bit of a sex pest, isn't he? (laughs) Yeah, just a little bit. Different times, different times and all that. One of the things I found really funny as well, just because obviously the new films just come out, and obviously Sony also did try and make that, um, you know, the reboot with the female leg cast and these video games and all sorts. You've got... I think it's Dan Aykroyd's character where he's like, the franchise rights alone will make us rich beyond our wildest dreams, to which I just put, ha, 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 Sony. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, I think this probably wouldn't be too much of a spoiler to just throw out there, but the, the new film has, like, an end credit scene, like all films have to have now, apparently. And, uh, yeah, no, it looks like Sony are potentially planning to stretch the Ghostbusters franchise out more. So, yeah, quite funny. Quite on the nose, 1984. Bang on, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't really think there is anything else to mention. I'm just seeing if there's anything that... I, 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 the, the Zool stuff, as in the actual 
the actual main antagonists of Zool and Goza. Do you find that weird? Can you remember, like, you know, they basically have to bang. Like, the gatekeeper and the keymaster have to, like, shag. And they're basically, like, two dogs. So they get, <laughs> they get like, taken over by two, like, demon dogs, but then they're forced to meet up and bang, which then brings about Goza. It's, it, it's a weird weird thing which is also in the new film as well i didn't really uh because all i think about when they, they keep mentioning zool in that film is do you ever remember the the old uh like amiga game zool you're probably too young yes there's this game called zool oh you do remember it oh you are oh yes no, you're too young. no t- too young i'm i'm a spring oh, chicken yeah. compared to you it was this, <laughs> this game it was like a platform game called zool probably spell it differently about this like ninja dude called zool um who you know you just have to control him in a plot it's a platform game that's, <laughs> that's if people are old enough they might be like oh yeah i remember zool because he was kicked out like some you know cool um ninja in like a black suit with green arms if you remember but, zool and you want to make adam feel a little bit better about his life give us a tweet <laughs> and say i remember so, zool <laughs> just so i know it's not a figment of my imagination you know <laughs> just made it up um there was a bit actually you know a bit good you didn't watch it i'll rewatch it you know the montage where they're doing um the the ghostbusters are saving the city and it's like all the news reporters like talking about it there's a bloke stood behind like the first one like the first news reporter and it's just like a really long like massive really long scraggly beard really long hair look looks a bit like if you just like let your hair down and just went a bit hippie and just stood behind the guy and i'm trying to work out whether that was a closed set or whether this guy has managed to get himself into the ghostbusters movie just by being stood like perplexed about what's going on because obviously there's this guy screaming his head off about ghosts on the news and it's just this bloke who's just looking at him like like proper dumbfounded with like sunglasses on and stuff. It, it almost feels too fake to to not be real. Like it feels like he de- that guy just definitely just walked in behind the set and was just stood there. Don't Maybe. know if you remember that. Sounds, I don't remember that. No, but no. it sounds like a style, style icon. <laughs> it was uh, it was an interesting block. I'm a bit good, bit good that we we couldn't discuss that further. But I I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool. Um, and then. I guess the only other thing that I had to question was why the environmental regulations were broken. Like, I just don't understand. Is, is it Mr. Pecker or Mr. Peck or whatever his name is? Who's um, like, because they either go at the end, don't they, in the, the mayor's office? Like, yes, it's true. This man has no dick, is a Bill Murray line. <laughs> that's one of the best lines how deadpan he does it is yeah. one of the best lines in the film yeah. and he like drops just like into conversation as they're all arguing he calls him Mr. Pecker as well at one point um, which again yeah. like as you mentioned earlier would be lost on kids potentially at the time but yeah I don't really understand what environmental regulations they could possibly break in this made up fantasy bollocks that they've just got like it's very very weird it's very confused I think it's, a, I think it's just a plot device Jordan. I don't think you're supposed to believe it in it, a world of like fucking fucking <laughs> Stay puffed marshmallow man and green ghosts and shit. I know, I know. I was just being pedantic. I was just just picking holes. Oh, that's not like you. <laughs> shall we uh, shall we move on to food scenes then? Shall we bash through them? Yes, let's. I'm sorry, folks, if this is um, you know, just all, all waffle and we're sort of wobbling as we're through this. We're a bit rusty, aren't we? Yeah, hell fucking fire. Like, the reason we're rusty is because you're like melting my eardrums, man. Those, like, everything that comes through is at a different level. So I'm like, oh, this is good. Then you'll cough or like you'll do one of those things. And I'm like, ah. Uh, just getting my own back for all the abuse. 
<laughs> right, food scenes. So we will go in order of um, the food scenes that appear in this this movie and see if you can remember them and see if you can uh, have a wholesome kind of conversation over them, even though you haven't watched the film. All right. So okay. eggs on the counter. Do you know what I'm talking about, Beard? No, I don't remember that part. The eggs on the counter. So Sigourney Weaver comes home with a shopping and she has a very discreet bag of stay puffed marshmallows, which is, in a, you know, like it's alluding to what the finale is going to be. And she puts her little brown bag on the counter. She puts her eggies down. She puts her celery or whatever it is down on the counter. A little stay puffed marshmallows. And then those eggs, they jump right out onto that counter and they start frying on a, on a counter. No doubt, you know, no heating sauce there. And you're like, oh, ghosts. Oh, right, right. No, I don't remember. That's weird. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it's the first but, point where you're introduced to Sigourney Weaver's character and it's like alluding to, oh, this building's a bit weird because it does like a load of like zooms into the, you know, where she lives and stuff. It shows I'd, like I'd the statues. In, I'd, I'd live in a building if, if you could, the, the ghosts just started cooking for you. That'd be great. <laughs> It's on your counter as well. Just fried eggs yeah. wherever, whenever you want them without having to, to do anything. <laughs> just stick them on your counter. Also, the eggs fried, but the marshmallows just stay completely fine. They uh, don't melt. Supernatural, supernatural, isn't it? It doesn't have to have rhyme or reason. Just really wanting some eggs. So yeah, no, I'd take it. Have you, have you ever fried an egg? This was one of my questions when I was watching it. I just thought I'd ask the man, the man of the hour, the man that eats all the food. Have you ever fried an egg on something that isn't a pan? Have you ever done like on an engine or, you know, those were crazy people where they cook them on like a plate out in the sun or anything like that? Have you ever, ever done it weird well, like that? I, I haven't. No, I, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that if I'm going to cook something, I'll do it using a cooking device. I don't very often cook eggs, I'll be honest. Oh, I, I would have thought you'd have been all over eggs. No, no. Not, not really. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm not. I mean, I, I'm not. I don't mind eggs. I, quite, I can. I can enjoy eggs, but most of the stuff I eat is cold, cold, fresh food. Unless I'm going out somewhere to film a video, in which case they'll normally be cooked for me. And I mean, they might have been cooked. And then the cold on an engine. Yeah, yeah. And then the cold, cold by the time you get to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then finally, of that scene, because it's obviously the first. Big scene with Sigourney Weaver, and it's the scene that leads her because she's just seen the advert, the very shitty advert. We believe you, the, the the advert that they do. She's just seen that, and then she goes and seeks out the Ghostbusters because she opens her fridge, and there is Zool, the demon dog, um, and a lot of other shit in the fridge, which it happens too quickly and with such poor like visual effects for obviously good at the time, but shit now that it sort of like it flashes through, and you're like. Is that is that a dog? Is it well, what the fuck is going on in a fridge? Um yeah. but yeah, no, um just standard demonic neverworld in your fridge. You ever opened the fridge and found a standard demonic neverworld in your fridge? No, I mean the closest I, I suppose analogue to that would be opening the fridge and seeing Mrs. Beard's you know, like six year six year. Well it could be six years old, maybe <laughs> six day old six day old grave that she just leaves in there. Oh wow. Or like uh, yeah, so she's been, uh, I don't know, eating some some garlic bread and she thought, I don't really want to waste this, so I'll put a little bit of garlic bread in the fridge and then never eat it again. That's pretty <laughs> demonic. But other than that, no, it's pretty standard in my fridge. There's not much in it apart from fruits and yogurt. Yeah, her, her fridge is pretty bare and we do come back to her fridge at some point. And I think I may have made a list of just the random crap that's in there because that this is what we do, right? Um, one of the one of the facts that I had to do with Sigourney Weaver, um, she once recalled that I once had a fire in my apartment after the movie and the fireman came to put it out. One of them opened up my refrigerator and said, whoa, you better call the Ghostbusters. 
<laughs> but that's pretty good. I like that. I don't kind of I would be. It's <laughs> a building to blaze. <laughs> Go to the fridge. <laughs> make the stupid joke from the film. Make the stupid joke from the film. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was a joke. Like in my head, I was like, this guy's turned up and like his mates are all just dealing with this massive like chip pan fire or whatever's going on. He's <laughs> just fucking about with the fridge. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Probably probably more professional. Like probably put the fire out and then made the joke. I'm wondering if she probably like rolled her eyes as well, or whether she took it in good grace. She didn't say in the interview that I had. Yeah, I don't know. It it actually it does come back. So obviously, Bill Murray's character Venkman comes back to check out the place, and um, he's obviously hitting on her like every like three seconds in the scene. It's quite lecchy. It's quite awkward. Um, but you open the fridge, and he exclaims that she's got a lot of junk food in there. I, I can't confirm or deny that there is any, but she does have what looks to be like some burger patties. It could be junk food, depends how you cook them, I guess. You know, what you know, percentage of fat, blah, blah, blah. Whether you have a bun, uh, cheese, blah, blah, blah. Um, Coca-Cola, as I mentioned before, is all, uh, all every single can, not just not just one can, but all of the cans are prime and placed to show you that logo. Um, yeah. there's, there's a pot of sour cream that I noticed. Nice. I couldn't figure anything else out. And then there was some Perrier, I believe it's Perrier water, in it? That was also all front and proper, straight there, glass bottles, Slap bang in the fridge. Gotta have that. Gotta have that in New York City, man. You don't want to be drinking the tap water. <laughs> no, true, true. And uh, yeah, so that is that is the first scene. We'll move on to the second scene, which again, they're all iconic in like very small snippets because they're all big. They, they all lead to big things within the film. So the Chinese petty cash meal, as I've called it, scene. Do, do you recall the Chinese? I do not recall the Chinese <laughs> food scene. <laughs> so, These are all circumstantial. They're all they're, they're not part of the central plot, which is all that I really tend to remember from films. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get to obviously the big, actually, you know, actually legitimately big scene shortly. But the uh, the Chinese petty cash meal scene, um, they're basically eating Chinese food. Uh, Murray's just come back from sex pesting uh, Sigourney Weaver's character. <laughs> um, they're having the Chinese and uh, tucking in the morning that there's no work coming in and they're basically skint. And he's like, oh, we've got one client, so should give me some of the petty cash and I'll, you know, I'll go schmooze it because obviously he just wants to take her out on a date. And they're like, this is the petty cash. This is the last of the petty cash. They're eating the Chinese food. And then yeah. they get their first call, which Janine answers, and it's for the Sedgwick Hotel, which is where we obviously see Slimer as well. And um, I just really enjoy the, the scene, the way that it's constructed, the comedy element, because obviously it's a family film, a comedy film, where she gets really excited she tells the guy on the phone, she's like, they'll be right there. Um, they'll be totally discreet. Don't worry. And then she shouts off, presses a big red button, big alarm goes off. Everything about everything about the whole scene is not discreet at all. But at the same time, it's literally like watching three blokes who are like firemen just, just going to work like it's like a normal day. So the 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 very as as characters, even though they're all scientists, the, the way that they approach the work when they're actually doing the job is very matter of fact exterminator sort of like your regular schlob like you just you, you know just doing the job like don't case I, I really enjoy that about the film i don't know why i don't know what what it is that makes me enjoy it so much it's just the the very matter of factness of it but yeah they're getting the ecto one so it's the first time that you see the car as well got a big siren oh, yeah. it, nothing about it is discreet um i just really enjoyed it so that is that is that scene it sort of you know begins yeah. that sequence 
of which you were then led into the Slimer food scenes that you mentioned before at the Sedgwick Hotel. A couple of things that I noted from here, you get that really, really funny um, sort of conversation with that bloke who's about to get in the lift. And he's like, what are you supposed to be, cosmonauts? And they're like, uh, no, we're exterminators. And then the guy's like, that's got to be some big cockroach. And yeah, they just like go upstairs, like with all the you know, massive proton packs on and stuff. And in the lift, there's like a, a no smoking sign, but obviously they've all got like nuclear reactors on the back that they've mentioned in the lift. Then they get out and nearly murder a maid. Like they just shit themselves and shoot that maid with the trolley and like nearly, yeah. nearly set her on fire. So they've already started a fire when there's no smoking. And then the next scene, you see Dan Aykroyd and he's just smoking a cig, just walking down the corridor, which again just goes with that whole, they're just blokes. They're just blokes just doing a job. Like it's so matter of fact yeah. about what they're doing. Yeah. And then, yeah, I really enjoy like some of the ad lib like lines. You've got like, let's split up. We could do more damage that way. Cause obviously they've already like wrecked half the hotel in a matter of yeah. seconds of being there. And uh, yeah, the food, I guess, is Slimer eating what can only de- de- be described as indistinguishable leftover food from the room service cart. That's, that's what yeah, I've put down. He's just going ham on some uh, yeah, some uh, ambiguous a bit of debris or like some leftovers or whatever, yeah. A couple of bottles of champagne and whatnot. Um, he's, got the ma- he's got the mouth for it, hasn't he? He's got the mouth to be... Uh, he's- to be at the major league eating table, that guy. I was gonna say, would you? Would you? What do you reckon? How do you reckon you go up against Slimer? Do you think he'd manage it? Oh, oh. Man, he's got no. He's he's, he's got like. Uh, he's, he's, I don't know, like because he doesn't really have much of a body, does he? No. So, but he does have a really large mouth. So his chipmunk would be killer. Like if you if he gets you down in the last ten seconds of a contest, you need to be like he could stuff about three pounds of food in that mouth. Would he get disqualified be... though? Because a lot of it no, no, seems no, to like fall out. Like, well, I mean, it technically goes in him. So, like, would that count? Or like, because it comes out, it just just falls. Like half of the mess associated with Slimer is that he's, he's eating stuff that he can't actually maintain and eat. It just, but would is it like he's shitting himself? Or I don't know. I'd be, I guess he would be precluded just on the grounds of yeah. It's like he doesn't actually eat the food. He just kind of passes through his um, spectral form. Well, there is a scene when they go into the, the buffet hall when they try and corner him and they, they ruin the chandelier and everything else in that room, which is also hilarious. He's eating all of like the buffet food for whatever the, the evening banquet ball or whatever is supposed to be. And there's a scene of him drinking the can of Coke again, obviously product placement in, in true form there, drinking it and it literally... The effect... It's obviously a bit of a crap effect, but at the same time, it's quite good for the time. Obviously, he's drinking it and it goes straight through him and all over the white tablecloth. So it's just this coke just pouring down while they're just watching yeah. him. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, the other appearance of Slimer, I've just kind of thrown this in in case people are like, there was another one, you missed it. At the end, when all of them come out of the explosion, um, you know, when, it, when the reactor blows up and they get shut down by the environmental agency or whatever, Slimer is on the prowl again and he's just in, you know, the hot dog carts that they have in New York and he just comes out and he's got like... Do ten, I know the hot ten, dog carts in ten, New York? Ten hot dogs. So like, yeah, no, I think you could have a have a go at taking him on at Nathan's, I guess. Yeah, they've got Nathan's. I don't, is he, what, I don't know which one he's eating in the... I don't, I don't think it's Nathan's. It's the other one, man. What's the other... Oh, do they have carts? Do, does Nathan's have... It's not just yeah, restaurants. They, they have carts just around New York as well. <laughs> Yeah, they do have some like small carts, but the oh, man, what's that brand of? There's a brand where that are more, more like ninety percent of the carts in New York City are like this brand. I forgot the name of it now. Fuck, it's escaped me. But um, I'll probably remember it at some point. 
I didn't notice anything, but it might have been that I just didn't sort of, you know, know that there was branded carts or anything or like big brands. So I didn't really pay attention. But yeah, I just noticed that and thought, oh, I mentioned the hot dog thing because obviously, yeah, competitive eating, blah, blah. Yeah. Linkage and stuff. <laughs> I don't know if it's the one in the film, but the brand I was thinking of was Sabrett's. Right. But okay. I don't know if it's in the film. Probably if, any, if anyone notices if it is a brand, you know, you can you can tweet us or whatever. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll maybe pay attention to that. I don't know. <laughs> We'll use it for next time. Then you've got, uh, um, as up top in the entry of this episode, you've got the Twinkie analogy scene. So um, all of his data is pointing to something big, which obviously we will get to. Um, the Twinkie of normal amount of psychokinetic energy, as he says. And uh, yeah, Twinkie of 35 feet long, weighing 600 pounds. You reckon you could take that on? Uh, no, 600 pounds is ludicrous. You would need 100 hot, very good. Well, <laughs> nah, you probably need, I don't know, maybe... 70 really good eaters to, to, to finish that and I, I mean i'd probably concentrate mostly on the cream because the sponge and twinkies is nasty it'd be cool to see it though i'm surprised nobody's trying to replicate that in real life you know like epic meal time or something <laughs> what about, it's quite a surprise. What about 3.5 feet and 60 pounds S- still no i want like no. <laughs> a, a, third, a third of my body weight no you could fight it <laughs> Good. It'd be like you could use it as a as a, a cushion or something, but I don't think I would be able to eat it. It really it'd go off really quickly. Uh, that'd be disgusting. No nah, man, Twinkies don't go off. Oh no, yeah, no, we mentioned this, didn't we? Yeah, no. The, or the rumor is that they don't, and actually the fact was that they do. If you remember from Zombieland. Yeah, no, I do remember that, but I still don't believe that they actually go. Like, they, if you eat those like in four hundred years, it's pro- it's definitely not going to give you food poisoning. <laughs> put it that way. Oh, or any nutritional value either, probably. True. And uh, finally, folks, um, before we round out whatever shit show of an episode we've just done, uh, there's the Stay Puffed, Mr. Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, the 100-foot Marshmallow Man. He's technically food. It's not a ghost. It's like, I don't know how they explain it. It's like, choose the form of the Destroyer, and then he he accidentally thinks of the marshmallow man when the easiest thing that they could do to defeat him was just just or her because obviously goes as played by a woman would be to not think of anything and yet for whatever reason dan Aykroyd's character decides to think of his childhood doesn't he think of the the, the marshmallow man because he's trying to think of something non-threatening or yes I made that up? yes yeah. so he's like i want to think of something non-threatening and like less dangerous but at the same time, I didn't want to think of anything at all. And uh, yeah, he thinks of that. I think there is a billboard nearby the battle scene that's like another like hint that that's going to be it. So he probably, probably saw that and then saw the giant Mr. Stay Puffed on there. Yeah. Apparently, there was going to be a couple more like hints towards Stay Puffed within the actual film itself, but they pulled them out. So like the advert that they do with the We Believe You thing was going to be followed by a Stay Puffed commercial, but instead they chose to just put the little bag on the counter when the egg's fried instead. Yeah. But but yeah, um, I quite enjoyed that. Um, one of the the sort of dodgy lines that Bill Murray throws out is, uh, it's quite funny to be fair, is, well, he's a sailor, he's in New York, get this guy laid and we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> which is quite quite entertaining i mean obviously you know it's a it's a colloquial joke and i'm not sure that you know i wouldn't have known that was funny without him saying it but yeah apparently that's the thing it's pretty funny yeah i think you could you think you could take on if you hadn't noticed there's a theme here is just because we're kind of stretching the foodness of this film out I reckon you could take on a hundred foot marshmallow man give it a go chomp his feet probably probably Toast not him. I, I mean 
It'd be that would definitely be like a it'd be a uh, a, a top class clickbait video, and I'm <laughs> sure lots of people would watch it. But uh, no, I'd probably make it through like I don't know, a part of his little fingers nail maybe I don't know. So no, probably not. Yeah, quite maybe fi- an eyelash. Quite filling, I imagine, and also all the sugar. Like he'd probably be diabetic come the end of it, I guess. Quite. Yeah, quickly. I hate marshmallows. They're the, one of the most pointless things ever. I would never eat a marshmallow by choice. Yeah, they're. they're I mean, I like them. And they're good in like hot chocolate and stuff. I, I'm I'm currently um, obviously the guys at home and the guys listening can't see, but I'm just I'm just wafting a marshmallow at Adam on the Zoom camera. But yeah, I'm no, what I, you're gonna do with that. I, I get what you're, I'm going to stick it on my butt. No, of course I'm going to hit it. <laughs> well, I do, I do, I know what you like. Uh, yeah, no, I I like them, but like I, I get what you're saying. Like they have to be with something. I think like schmalls are really good. Schmalls, you know, like with. Crackers and chocolate and stuff or toast. S'mores, you shouldn't Sean, Con- Sean Connery there. It's just yes. s'mores. <laughs> Smart, yeah, I said s'mores after. I corrected myself. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm going to eat this one now because I've just been fingering it in a, a non-sexual way for the past <laughs> couple of seconds. So I'm just going to eat this. All right, Bill Murray. <laughs> um, yeah, they're the food scenes. What do you rate them? Good food scenes, bad food scenes? Do you remember them? Do you care? They're all right. They're more kind of uh, functional to the plot, aren't they, rather than the actual food. They're circumstantial, let's put it that way. They're not really eating scenes per se apart from Slimer's stuff um, <laughs> well, yeah but it's just an excuse for you to talk about Ghostbusters I guess so yeah well it'd be an excuse for both as if you did on your homework mister <laughs> yeah well the other film I was going to suggest is that new new one well it's reasonably new that one that came out with Stephen Graham you know about like a chef that's under pressure and about to emotionally crack but I thought it might just be a repeat <laughs> of that burnt episode we did it'd just be a non-enjoyable film I've seen um, a lot of like lad bible articles you know where they like jump on the big thing that's hyped up on Netflix or whatever and loads of them yeah. being like everyone's going wild for this Stephen Gra- I don't know why I've gone, gone into that voice that's what lad bible <laughs> sounds like probably would sound a bit chavier than that but anyway um yeah. Yeah, where they're banging on about it, basically. They were saying that, yeah, it's this great film and everyone thinks his his performance is amazing and it's so, like, blah, blah. I was like, have you seen, have you seen Burnt? (laughs) Do you want to watch Burnt? That actually came up before we wrap this up and go to the outro. The the Burnt movie started doing the rounds on, uh, you know, like YouTube shorts, you know, because people just repost shit that they don't own, which does my head in, but people do it. People have been posting like clips of him going on about the pigeon sauce and like one of the tables returning the food and um, like the comments and like the little captions, like the TikTok captions to this video. Like it's so much like Gordon Ramsay and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, it's a film that came out years ago, guys. Like what's, I, I don't... I don't understand the internet anymore. The internet's become this thing that I don't get. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you. Should we, uh, should we head to the outro and wrap this up? Let's. And that is the first and slightly belated episode of 2022. Happy New Year, by the way, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I would say heavily belated, even though it's nearly, it was four months into the year. Hey, sometimes you just got to wait. You just gotta wait for for good things to come, and here I was we are. Say, like this, the the phrase is "good things come come to those who wait." But in this circumstance, really terrible things come to those who wait. <laughs> but apparently, some people really like that. So, you know, I'm more worried about. I, I bet that, that you you're gonna have to add, add, put like bang so much compression on this to make it listenable. <laughs> so if it sounds terrible, this was not my fault. I am not. I I'm not in control here. This is all Jordan. <laughs> this is the first time that we've done one since. Uh, well, we did we did a little random video chat, didn't we, on my YouTube channel like two years ago about the damned United, and that was not using oh, the yeah. setup. So 
hopefully we can we can save this in some some form or another uh again yeah we do apologize if this is a bit shit compared to the usual quality that you come to expect from this very poor quality podcast which is still uh, shit this is just a level <laughs> shitter we will eventually be in a studio sat next to each other it might be that just for the next few episodes you have to make do with this um i know i said in the update the other month that we'd avoided doing this to avoid the terrible sort of outcome of these type of podcasts but you know, we did promise we'd come back and we have to start somewhere. So just stick with us and we'll be in a studio soon. And hopefully as well, with it being Josh's studio, we might be able to get Josh on and, you know, get some more people involved. He did seem Talk up to it when what? I asked him. I don't know. I said that he could pick a film, pick a food film. Oh, right, okay. He's going to have a think about it. Right. But yeah, as as mentioned, this was picked by Scott from our Patreon. So thank you. And if you didn't Cheers, like Scott. it, you can you can obviously take it up with Scott. But we're doing this for Scott. So. Yeah, spin on it. <laughs> we are available wherever you get your podcasts. So um, believe it or not, we are still on all of the the podcast platforms so if you search for us movie mouthfuls podcast on your favorite podcast provider you shall find us make sure to give us a subscribe a follow or a star review for the pod as this all helps out especially if you're using apple podcasts or now you can do it on spotify as well where you can give a star review on there so you go do that that will get us in front of more people hopefully and we can grow this and put this terribleness onto hundreds more people possibly <laughs> also remember that if you are going to leave a review on you know say apple Podcasts, it only takes a second just head in app and you can do exactly what this wonderful person did i'm going to read out our latest review that we've got Are you ready for this adam i'm so, so ready so the title of our latest review is love you guys in in all caps which is is great it's good to feel love from somewhere uh <laughs> Really enjoy the banter and appreciate Beard keeping things on track. I'm not sure if he did too well at that this episode, but in general, he's very good at that. And that was from Koa, or C-O-A-27, who gave us five stars. So thank you, Koa, or C-O-A-27. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, and you can't can't edit these reviews, right? So after you listen to this, you can't take it back. No. This is a five-star review podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Five-star review, and you also give Beard a compliment that he keeps things on track. So there you go. You can't take it back now. <laughs> you can find us over on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at, at Movie Mouthfuls. You can find myself over on Twitter at The Film underscore. And also, if you want to, I haven't put anything out since December. Everything fell off a cliff in December. But on YouTube, you can search for The Film Fella and you can look at my film and TV reviews and other vaguely entertainment resembling things that I've put on there. Uh, likewise, obviously, you can find Beard, Beard Meets Food pretty much everywhere if you just search for beard meets food you know is there any new videos that you're putting up soon do you want to push anything on nah, this podcast nah, I, st- I, st- I stopped making videos in the end of course there are there's always <laughs> gonna be videos till you the got, cows come home you've got the die. atlanta stuff coming soon right yeah depending on when this goes up that atlanta stuff might actually be uh, uh what's the word um out. imminent <laughs> um, or out yeah but uh, yeah the, lots of the atlanta videos are quite good yeah, i think anyway it's hard to be objective but uh <laughs> They're much more professionally produced in this podcast, let's put it that way. <laughs> For now, no. <laughs> uh, but yes, um, yeah, go check those out because they're, they're always great fun. My, my firm favourite at the moment was watching you um, really trying your hardest not to blow your top at the Hard Rock, where they give you a colander of chips. 
Uh, I, I think yeah. I messaged you as soon as I watched that, and I was like, I, I know you pretty well, and I know that you were like, I could see, I could see, could see it in your eyes. It was like, I can't do this because this is this is my YouTube channel, this is my career. <laughs> I can't. I was ready. I was ready to flip the table. I was, I was I, I pre you, table flip. I think you were just gonna fucking pour the colander on the heads and just give them a, like a whack with a spoon or something like that. You're like full on. I'm, I'm a man of peace, so I wasn't gonna get violent. That was insane, though. That was insane. Go check that video out if you want to know what we're on about. But that was a insane. They stitched you up good and proper there, which is slightly entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> if you fancy sending us any questions or if you've got anything you want to say, you can either tweet us or you can chuck us an email at moviemouthfuls at gmail.com. We don't have any messages this week, Beard. I'm sad to say, but that's probably that's because surprise. we've been away for a little while. Uh, Patreon, we've mentioned it a couple of times. Thanks to obviously for Scott for suggesting this film. He originally wanted the trilogy, but you're just getting this one for now. I might try and work my magic on Beard over the next few months to see if he'll do the others. Um, but if you want to support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash moviemouthfuls if you wish to do so. Anything that will be put in from that is put straight back into the podcast, so whether it's buying a bag of marshmallows or upgrading <laughs> the microphone or whatever it is, we, we really appreciate it. It's really nice of you to do that. And I, I really appreciate all the supportive messages that we've had off of there asking us... I think Scott or Martin was wondering if we were both okay at one point because we'd just not done anything for a while. Um, physically, yeah. yeah. Neither of us are mentally okay. But yeah. <laughs> Absolutely fine. We also gained a new Patreon um, a couple of months ago, Maria, who's still part of that. So we've now got Martin, Scott and Maria. So thank you for, for doing that. We really appreciate it. I did, by the way, because I know a beard's a bit adverse to Patreon and stuff a little bit. 100% adverse. <laughs> I, I did message you guys and say that, you know, you don't need to keep supporting as well. We're not putting content out and whatnot, but I, I do appreciate that you carried on doing that anyway. And that is one of the reasons why I made sure that we did one of your suggestions. There are some others on there. Um, Martin did suggest a, a great film that I haven't seen, which I will discuss with you and we can we can look at that one for some point soon. Um, merch, I'm, I'm not currently wearing it, but one of my friends wears it on every night out at the moment. So if you want to support us and get something, you know, for your money you can buy yourself a shirt or a mug if you head over to moviemouthfuls.bigcartel.com and if you use mouthfuls as the code at the checkout you'll get 10 percent off i know a lot of people have bought stuff before the turn you know before the turn of the year at christmas time and stuff so i really appreciate that again if you don't want to get out don't get out it's just it's just there doing its thing if you want to get some get some it's fine by us and yeah, I guess final thank yous, Beard. So thanks as always to Lee and Hi Honey for the music and the jingles on the pod. Go check out Hi Honey over on your chosen music streaming service or YouTube. I believe since we last podded, his latest single is A Million Miles. Um, but you might have also... Right, you know, you know, you know, I know I, I, how I know that. Because I pure nicked it for the first episode <laughs> in the Atlanta. I've not even told him yet. <laughs> Yeah, um, if you haven't noticed already, um, I think Beard's got a bit of a, a thing for High Honey's uh, musical delights. So um, he has appeared in a few of his other videos. He was very chuffed. He was in the video I was just on about where you were losing your shit at the Hard Rock, where you put Rockstar in. He, he enjoyed that. Um, so guys, yeah. if you want to, you know, if you've heard it on Adam's videos or you've heard the little budget and box office jingle on here and you want to go check him out, go check him out on streaming platforms or, you know, just go message him on YouTube or Twitter or something and just say, oh yeah, you're the guy from Movie Mouthfuls or Adam's videos and he'll love that because he usually does. Also, Beard, you're going to be very, very excited for this one. So our other musical artiste, our uh, main man, the one that you always used to crack the jokes about, about being live in the studio, Mr. Lee Horner, has indeed started a new band. 
So his band, yeah. um, I did. I saw him last week and asked him, is it Exits or is it EXTS? To which he replied, he does not know and that they may use both, which does not help. But if you want to go listen to his new band, by the time this comes out, their first single, Breathe, will be out. So that comes out, um, I believe it's tomorrow, the 25th of March at the time of recording, but this will be a bit later when it comes out. Go check that out. So exit, so EXTS on your streaming platforms, or just go look for him at EXTS underscore band on Instagram or Twitter. Lee is their lead guitarist, so you can go tell him that you love all the, uh, the catchy riffs that Beard is absolutely obsessed with, and I'm sure Beard will be banging his head to whatever Breathe turns oh, out yeah. to be. totally finally huge thanks as always to Damon again for our awesome artwork really appreciate that mate we will be back very soon we promise this time (laughs) but until then remember to never live in an apartment building built by a crazy occultist I second that yeah (laughs) peace peace